This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code SPEAKING. Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on BitChute and YouTube as Speaking Podcast. I also have the Awakening Podcast, the Meditation Podcast, the Learn Polish Podcast, and the Crypto Podcast. And all can be found on roycall.com. Today, my guest, obviously, Harley Davidson motorcycle enthusiast. Please welcome Daniel Jackson. Hey, how are you, Roy? I'm very good. Very good. So, I always like my guests to introduce themselves to my audience. You might let people know who's Daniel. Uh, Daniel Jackson. I'm also known as Spirit Medium Daniel. I'm uh, a what I call a spirit medium. I don't call myself psychic uh, because uh, psychic gets used a little bit too much and mostly people get that uh, kind of wrong. Uh, they think everybody, uh, they think all mediums are all psychic and we're not. And they think that uh, I can start telling everybody about their mom and dad and brother and sister, and that's not really the way it works. Uh, the people who uh, who uh, have brought that to you are TV and movies. They want you to think we're all the same, but we're just not. So how does it work? I know we delve into the speaking thing, but I'm curious of that as well. So, sure. you know, because sometimes people think they can just come in and say, such a person has died. I want to contact them. Is that possible or? No, 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 that's not possible. The reason it's not possible is because the person who has passed away, although we consider them gone here, they are still living. They are just no longer in this body anymore, but their energy, their, 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 uh, it's a pure energy at that point. Their life is still going on. And because their life is still going on, they get to choose and do whatever they want to do. Uh, and if they don't want to come back and talk to you, they don't have to come back and talk to you. A lot of time is for the, for the reasons of because uh, we call it reincarnation, uh, but they just have to co keep coming back over and over and over again uh, for because of the reason they didn't fulfill their purpose. But when they do that and they fulfill their purpose, they can go and do whatever else they want to at that point, which is, again, their choice to do what they want to do. And just because uh, you've lost them here doesn't mean they are sitting around waiting for you to find somebody like me to reach out to them and, and talk to them. They're off still living their own life. And if they want to talk to you, they will. And if they don't, uh, like I said, a lot of times they don't want to because uh, they had to come back here so many times and live so many lifetimes. They're not waiting to come back to this place. They want to go off and do everything else that they're allowed to do somewhere else. Okay. And like, I know that you're basically this is your kind of main profession so you're going around you're doing kind of uh, speaking on this as well or is it just more coaching how what's your main kind of uh yeah i i do uh classes on this uh, as well uh i've spoken at though we do a, a festival circuit i've did that for a couple of years i actually was doing it for a couple of years right before covid happened and then covid kind of took that out but yeah i, I do uh what's called workshops where I will talk about this uh, or I will talk about the uh, reasons of why we are here and what our purpose is. Uh, so yeah, I do that. Um, festivals are actually coming back. I have one to do this Sunday uh, in my area. Uh, but uh, uh, when I do that, yeah, we just, we set up our booth and, uh, and we put up our big sign and people come in for readings. And I do that there. I also do them here at home. 
And then I also do a live Facebook uh, reading as well. Um, and where I, I just allow people to come in and ask questions and I answer them for them. With the festivals, because I know that some people would actually would like to be doing festivals. Is it similar? Because I would have done uh, like I, I was heavily involved in property and still touching on it here in Poland. And I've done a lot of property fairs over the year. And basically the location is critical. In yeah. a festival, is it the same thing that you basically, where does a line of traffic is a great place or where does a coffee place where people are going to congregate to get to see you? Is it similar? Absolutely. Yeah. The one that I'm doing on Sunday, uh, it's about 20 minutes from my house. Uh, it's down right off of a main highway. And uh, the area that we are doing it on is right next to the main highway, which is actually on your way to a beach town here in Delaware which is, is very populated. Uh, people come down there for uh, vacations. Uh, uh, where I live right next to the highway, uh, uh, we can't even go anywhere on a Sunday when we're uh, uh, at any time because, uh, because there's so much traffic, uh, you can't get out of our town. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, so, uh, it's so heavily populated by all these vacationers that they're, if they're gonna go ride on their way down to this beach or the next beach down, uh, they're going to see what's going on at this uh, festival. But uh, some of the other festivals I do are just uh, are at colleges or other uh, other places that have uh, are also in vacation areas as well. So uh, yeah, it's uh, and and they do a lot of promotion for that as well. But uh, but yeah, it's usually heavily populated areas of where they have these festivals at. And like when you're doing it, is it just to get awareness or do you actually do kind of readings when they're when when they're there with you? Um, I try to bring uh, bring awareness to it as well. I don't want to just do uh, a reading for them because I don't want people to think that I'm just a, uh, a, a glorified fortune teller. That's not what I do. I always tell people you're you may not always get the reading you want, but you will get the reading that you need uh, because People come into it with this fascination or these questions of, uh, am I going to find my uh, uh, soulmate or things like that, when they actually need to be brought some truth. Uh, and, the, and the truth is, most people that I've, I do readings for come in and ask these silly questions uh, and end up getting some truth from their lives that their lives are not going in the direction that they wanted to go. And I give them, I give them some peace of mind and some clarity uh on the direction that their life needs to go and are, are they eventually grateful for that rather than coming and looking for you know the name of their soulmate but actually when yeah. they get the clarity yeah it's yeah well i i'll tell you there's a there's a misconception there with even with soulmates soulmates is not someone necessarily uh that you're going to fall in love with uh, that's a huge misconception that, again, TV and movies want you to think is, that's the way it is. A soulmate can actually be your mom or your dad, your best friend, could be a dog or a cat. What a soulmate is, is a soul that you connected with when you were home, because this isn't home, that's home over there. And uh, when you were there, you worked very well together, and then you happened to meet up again together here, and then boom, that's your soulmate. You just, you have that connection with them. Uh, that not everybody does uh, and and not everybody can figure out again because they think it's 
Uh, I hear the stories all the time. They say, oh, I met my soulmate. Ma. We're getting married. And then you see them two years later. And how's it, how's it going with your soulmate? Oh, we got divorced. Oh, I guess it wasn't your soulmate, was it? <laughs> no, because you wouldn't have got divorced from your soulmate. Uh, they just, they think every love connection is going to be a soulmate. And it's just not that way. It just isn't. And, you know, you mentioned over there. What's over there to you? Uh, what's over there? Uh, over there is more uh, unimaginable than you can ever realize it is. Uh, it's, it's probably 100,000 times better. Uh, I've seen it. They show it to me as a part of my gift and what I do. Uh, I call it a gift because a lot of people like to use that term, but I, it's an ability. You don't, you don't get it gifted just one particular time in your life. Every time that you have to come back here, it comes back with your soul each and every time. It's just different times we get woken up with this and and then uh, they want us to use it, and, but they want us to use it for the right reason. But uh, what I have seen over there, it's very hard to explain because uh, there are physical things to do there, but it's just not as physical like there are here, like driving cars, uh, but there are physical things to do. Uh, they don't come up and hug everybody like people think that's going to happen. They walk up to each other, look at each other, they bow. They don't talk like we do. It's all mental telepathy stuff. And there's different types of people there. Not just everybody from Earth is there, but beings from other worlds are also there as well. People just and people just think that uh, we're the only ones living here. They're completely and totally off track if they think we're the only ones who are or the beings that are alive in this uh, in this universe. Because I'm hearing a lot, because we, we do a lot of uh, kind of uh, calls on with the Freedom Broadcasters. There's five podcasters and there's all different guests. And some of them are talking about like the 4D, the 5D and 6D dimensions. Nah. No, they don't need to worry about 4D, 5D, 6D dimensions. Why? Because we are here to learn lessons and fulfill a purpose. And we are here to do that here. We are not meant to go into other dimensions. Why? Because your body would not be able to function there. Uh, your body is not fit to be in another dimension. It's, it's meant to be in this dimension. And you physically wouldn't be able to handle it there. And uh, they talk about, oh, well, let me raise my vibrations up so I can uh, astral project myself. Uh, still, you're not really going there no more than just your, your, uh, your conscious is going there. You're not really uh, physically experiencing it over there. You would have to have your body over there to do that. Uh, but we're not meant to do that. We're meant to learn lessons and fulfill a purpose here. And when you when when no longer have to do that here, then yeah, you can go there, but you're not going to have a body at that point to do that. And uh, you mentioned uh, you do some workshops, yeah? Yes. So you might yeah, let, let me know what type, how long they are, because you know, I know sometimes there's three hour, one hour, full day, and how you structure it. Oh, sure. One of the, I remember last time I did a workshop uh, at one of these festivals, I was supposed to do it for 45 minutes. Uh, I was the last one to do it that day, and it ended up going for a little bit over two hours. And uh, luckily, no one else was supposed to have the room that day. And I had like 25 people in the room. And uh, amazingly, uh, no one got up to, uh, to leave. Not, no one even took a bathroom break, which was great. And uh, 
Yeah, it was supposed to originally last for 45 minutes, but people just, uh, they kept asking questions all the time. So it just kept going and going and going. The workshop that I do, like I said, is, uh, is basically uh, why we are here and what is our purpose. And I, I run through the whole gamut of, uh, of all that, how we came here, why we came here, what we're still doing here, why we're not even actually supposed to be here at this, this moment in time. Uh, we are supposed to have moved on by now and, and have reached a uh, higher consciousness, but, uh, but we're, we're just not. Uh, so I go through all of that. And then at the end of it, I walk out into the audience and I let each and every person know who has or has not fulfilled their purpose. And, uh, and then that's it. And, uh, but yeah, usually I, I just, uh, I, I, I like to structure it so it's not just me up there babbling along. Uh, I want the, the, uh, the, the members of the audience to actually interact with me as well. Because, uh, I mean, if, if you're like anyone else who's been to a, a webinar, when you just listen to somebody drone on and drone on and drone on, you fall asleep after 15 minutes. And I don't want them to do that. I want them to get something out of it. So that's why I want them to be a part of it. Regarding asking people, you know, who has achieved their life purpose, I'm assuming is a very tiny percentage of people that actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> if any. Yeah. Yeah, usually, uh, uh, not that I'm, I'm going to pick out a certain group of people, but anybody who's under the age of 30 years old has primarily not done it. Uh, why? Because they are still living their egotistical lifestyle and uh, they, just don't, they just don't get around to it. But a lot of people, even throughout their entire lives, don't actually fulfill their purpose because your purpose is not something that is, that is your job or or. Because people think, oh, if I become a doctor or a lawyer or a police officer, that's my purpose. No, that has nothing to do with your purpose. That that's a choice. That's a, a choice that you make because we make choices all the time to do these things. Uh, your purpose is something very simple that everyone is here to do. It's very simple in a way that God made it simple for everyone, so that everyone can but here to help them just for the sake of helping them, not because it's going to make us money or going to make us famous than more, more than someone else, more important, because no one's more important than anyone else. But uh, we are here to help people uh, in a way that some, someone's going to come up to you and say, hey, I need help. I'm lost. Will you please help me? And it's up to you to use your free will to decide whether or not you're going to do that. And you have to, if you choose not to do that, and, and you choose that all the way through your life because you're just one of those people that hates people, you will be on the alternative path and you're not fulfill your purpose and you'll just come back again. Or if you continue to do that uh, in a fashion where it, it's, it's going on a lot because you're just a helpful person, then that's the, the ultimate goal to do that so you don't have to come back again. And when I do readings for people, they always ask me how many times they've been here and I have uh, most people have been here over 20 times and are, and sometimes up to 40 times. Oh, interesting. And I know your journey into this because I read some of it about the, you know, your upbringing. <laughs> you might tell us that because I, I, I think it's actually very interesting. <clears throat> oh, boy. Okay. So let's go from the beginning. Uh, so I grew up in a, in a town in the United States in a, in a, in a state there called New Jersey. And it's where the... Uh, Right in our town, it was a square mile, and there was a battlefield there. And uh, 
in the that since that battlefield was there, it was from when the Hessians fought over here against uh, us against England, because uh, that that worked out real well. And uh, so uh, in that era, we we were all close to that battlefield, so all the homes in that area were all haunted houses, uh, including our house, uh, to the point where like one time my sister was getting uh, ready for uh, school. And my mom was helping her and they went into the bathroom and, and they're looking at this full length mirror because she was helping my sister do her hair. And when they looked in the mirror, there was another woman in the mirror and she was dressed in a colonial outfit. Back in the, this was all back in the 70s where uh, back then you had record players. Uh, you, you lifted a record up and then you had to flip a switch that a record would drop down so you could play your records. Well, not anymore, CDs and all that mess. But uh, my brothers and I would be downstairs watching TV and my sister's record player would turn on. Not only would it turn on, but it would play a record and then stop and then play another record. So how was it doing that? Something was picking up records and putting them on the record player when they weren't originally on there. So yeah, and we would see things like the uh, ashtrays and the glasses move throughout the house, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. But then my, my mom and dad and I and one of my brothers, when I was 17, moved down to a stadium in now Delaware, and no one else was seeing anything. My brother was only there for a year, and he, was, he left. He went back to his girlfriend. And, uh, but I continued to see things on a regular basis. Uh, like I was playing in a band. I was a drummer. I had the big hair and uh, zebra-striped spandex, which what I thought was cool, but not so cool. And... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I try to hide the pictures. And uh, I came home from playing in a gig and I laid down in bed to go to sleep. And when I did, something laid down next to me. I could feel it lay right down next to the pillow, depressed. And it happened like three or four times. And then that fifth time, when I rolled over to see what it was, whatever it was, picked up the blanket that I had on top of me and brought it up to the ceiling and shook it above me. And then it dropped it down on me. And then after that, I uh, slept on the couch for two for two years because it scared the crap out of me. But I saw all kinds of stuff in that home. Uh, my girlfriend and I once, she was at the foot of the bed and I was at the uh, other end by the headboard and we were watching TV and this big white misty thick thing, maybe two feet thick and four feet long made its way out of the closet across the room and then just disappeared. And she looked at me like, did you see that? And I said, yeah, let's get out of here. And I, but I was seeing stuff like that all the time. But it wasn't just that home. Each home that I moved to, I was seeing things all the time. Uh, all the way up when it came to uh, in the house that I'm in right now, right before my 50th birthday, my wife had gone away uh, on vacation to see her daughter. And then I saw everything in this house for the next two weeks that you would consider scary. I scary to me because I was brought up in a Catholic religion and we were taught that these things are demons and devils and stuff. And that's the type of things that I was seeing. Uh, I saw, I was down in my basement and had my cat down there with me. And he I said, come on, it's time to go. And he looked at me and he looked to his right. And I looked to my left, like, what is he looking at? And then we, I saw a wall of blackness appear in the middle of the room. And then a man walked out of it. And I could see he had this big wide brim hat on. And he was all black and his long black coat. And he walked across the room in perfect stride, but he didn't have any feet, which was kind of strange. But I wasn't startled 
I was just like looking at it like, what's going on here? Watching him walk across the floor. And then again, just disappeared, gone. But then I seeing, started seeing really creepy things that did uh, disturb me. I was seeing green and red mist pour out of the walls, uh, skulls floating out of the walls. They all had red eyes and fangs. I woke up one time to roll over in bed and look at the clock. And when I did, there was a little girl kneeling next to my bed. She had blonde hair, blue eyes, and a blue and white dress on. And uh, I saw once when uh, I saw, I was laying in bed and a cloud just formed above the bed and saw this window of blackness open up and these two skeleton arms came out, but neither of them had hands, which was also strange. Then they pulled out a body and this head was looking at me, staring around the room. Uh, I was just seeing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, and by the time my wife got home from her vacation, I had to explain all this. But my wife thought at that point, because I'm diabetic, she figured, oh, well, maybe there's just something wrong with his medication or something like that. Until about two or three days later, she started seeing some of the same things. So at that point, I was reaching out everywhere to uh, get some information, to, to get some help. I even thought about having a priest come to the house uh, to do an exorcism. So much stuff was happening. So uh, I couldn't find one of those. And um, so I, we found a paranormal te team to come to the house. And, uh, you know, when they showed up with their little van and their little logo on the side of it, I just thought to myself, I don't want to be this kind of famous. People are going to think that uh, they're living next to a, a hugely haunted, scary home. And I don't want that because, you know, people will treat you differently. So, um, but they came to the home. They did all kinds of tests. They had these little boxes, uh, little boxes with wires sticking off them and little lights on them. And uh, I said, How do, what's that do? And, he, and the one guy said, well, here, it's static electricity. He rubbed his hand on the chair. And when he did, he waved his hand over and the little light went lit up. And I was like, oh, okay. So he set like four or five of them up in this one area. One guy was uh, taking videotape. Another guy, another girl was taking digital camera uh, shots. And then one guy was just kind of walking around asking questions. So then they said, where do you have a lot of activity? I said, well, in the bedroom. And they said, okay. So I go to walk in the bedroom. And when I did, I walked past those little boxes and every one of them just went bloop and lit all up. And I was like, what's going on here? And they looked at me like they couldn't believe it themselves. I was like, all right. So we went in the bedroom, talked a bit. We left the bedroom, went to walk out again. And as soon as I walked out, two seconds later, they all lit up again. And I was like trying to figure out why is all that happening? And they were looking at me strange as well. So then uh, we were walking around the house uh, and I was describing what's going on in the house. And uh, the one girl's taking pictures. And then she starts pointing to the camera to one of the other members. And, uh, and I said, uh, what do you got going on there? She said, well, we're not supposed to tell you until the big reveal, but you really need to see this, Mr. Jackson. I was like, okay. And she shows me picture after picture. And it's a picture of one team member and then a picture of me standing next to the team member. And every time I'm around anyone or even by myself in all the pictures, there's 15 or 20 light orbs completely surrounding me. Uh, and none around anyone else, they're just around me. And uh, so they got all kinds of information. Uh, they used this 
mechanical thing called an ovulus one time where they had me go in the bedroom and pretend I'm sleeping. They did everything at nighttime. They wanted to do it at nighttime. I was like, all right. And um, so they come in the bedroom, they turn this machine on and, and when energy goes into it, it starts spitting out words. And when they turned it on, it started spitting out words. It said uh, uh, unique, special, light, energy. It said it in this computer voice to it, unique, special. I was like, that's weird. And then, uh, but then it started, uh, they started asking it questions. And they said, are you here to harm Daniel? And then it started speaking in sentences and it says, no, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. We love his energy. He is the light. He is the only light. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? And then it said words like, uh, said names. It said Helen, Michael, Paul, Wendy. And I was like, what is going on here? So they went on and had this conversation for like 10 minutes with this machine. Uh, whatever was coming in was talking to it. One time it even said the word road, like your street. It said road and when it said that when it said that one second later a car went rum past my house and i was like how the hell would it know that was going to happen so um they leave the room then i finally go out of the room and my wife's out there and i see them talking and i said to my wife what are they doing I, she said i don't know they're talking about something going on i said okay so they i, I wait till they get done talking i said so what's going on they said we don't know what to tell you with that, Mr. Jackson. I said, why? I said, because anytime that we use that machine, it only spits out one or two words. It never says sentences. And I was like, so what does that mean? They said, we don't know yet. We have to, we'll figure this out. We'll, we'll come back in a couple of weeks. We'll give you a big reveal of everything. And I was like, okay. And uh, a couple of weeks went by and they never got a hold of me. And I, it took me like three weeks to get a hold of them. I finally got a hold of the leader and I said, so when are you coming back to do the big reveal? And he said, we're not. And I said, why not? He said, because the team, I can't get them together to come back to your house. And he's, I said, why not? He said, because they're too afraid to come to your house. And I said, okay, what do you mean by that? He said, they won't come to your house. Uh, we got so much information from your house that we usually, it takes 10 or 15 houses to get all that information, not just one. And they're afraid to walk into your house. And I was like, all right, well, how's that gonna help me? He said, I don't know what to say to help you. I said, maybe you guys ought to get in a different line of business here because uh, you're not uh, helping me. You're not gonna help anyone. This, this doesn't make sense. And uh, he said, yeah, he said, I can't even get the team together for anything that we, the, they left. They all left the group because of, coming to your house. And I was like, okay. So, um, so since that didn't work, I started seeking out mediums and I found about five of them, went through or 10 of them, but I found five of them, got a hold of all of them. None of them knew each other. Uh, but every one of them told me the same story about me. Uh, one in particular told me, she said, um, she said, she didn't know who I was, but when she walked in, when I first walked in the room, because I walked in during a show of other, with other people, there was like 50 other people there to watch this. And she said she could feel my energy walk in. And, uh, but she told me, she said, I'm a super bright white light. That's, um, you, she said, you have an ability to see spirit, but you see so many because spirit are coming to you. And I was like, why are they coming to me? She said, because they believe that you're the light into heaven. 
she said, I've never seen a, uh, an energy so strong in my life. And I was like, okay, so what do I do with that? And she says, well, you have to have a sit down with the higher power, God, whatever you want to call him, and, and uh, either accept this gift because you haven't accepted it yet. I said, no, I don't even know what it is. You know, I don't, she said, you have to either accept it or choose to not accept it. And if you do that, it'll fade away. And I was like, okay, she said, but I, I don't think you want this to, to leave your, and I said, no, I don't. I, I feel like if I can do this, maybe I can help some people. Because I mean, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know what's going to happen. She said, well, that's what you need to do. So when my wife and I got home, I, we talked about it for a while. And I said, I don't want it to go away because it's always been a part of my life. I'm so used to it, even though some of the things were scary at that point. But I had to figure it out. I just knew I, I knew inside of me that I had to figure it out. So I said, I'm going to go in the bedroom, have a little talk and I'll be out. She said, okay. So I did that. I was in there for like 15 minutes. I had a talk with God and said, I want to accept this gift and I'll do whatever it takes. And, and I did. And then the very next day, everything changed. Uh, and within the next three to four months, I stopped seeing all those crazy skulls and all that stuff. Everything just started to fade away as that. And then everything else came in and I was seeing people I was seeing their faces. Uh, I wasn't just, just seeing people. I see dogs and cats and horses and cows and pigs and fish. And, and I see other beings that don't look human. They look humanoid, but they don't look human. Uh, I see everything. I, I feel them. For the longest time throughout my life, I'd always feel, I'd feel something on me and going, oh, that's, it's, I'm itching. I'm itching. I wasn't itching. What it was is spirit comes up to me because they see my light. And they were they they touch me and pinch me and poke me all over my whole entire body, and I always just thought I was itching, but I wasn't. It was them touching me, and the reason I found out they're they're touching me is because they don't understand what I am. They just see that light. Because when spirit sees a person, they see your body frame, but they also see your light inside of you. That's your soul. Well, they don't see that with me. All they see is a white light. They don't even see a uh, an out an outline of anything. Uh, again, so they walk up to me and touch me all day. So imagine being touched all day by something you can't see, but is touching you all day. Uh, so I get that all day. Uh, but but uh, I see more spirit in a day than any uh, paranormal group is going to see uh, in a lifetime. Um, I see thousands of them. I see faces of everything you can ever imagine that's ever passed away. And I, so the reason why they are coming to me is absolutely that reason. Not something I, I, I brag about. Uh, it just is what it is. You find out you have this gift and you just deal with it. Well, the gift that I have is they are coming to me for that exact reason. I am the light that shines to uh, show spirit where to go. I have found out by being able to talk to my spirit guides because I found out who they are and what they are. I have archangels who are with me all the time. Uh, do they look like men with wings? No, they don't. They're just not. Now, that's just a big misconception. But uh, they have told me that I am this light. In order for the light to be here, to shine, to show spirit where to go, sometimes they go in their own, on their own, and sometimes they have to be physically told to go in because they are lost or they just don't understand what's going on. So um, 
So it has to be in a physical body in order for it to uh, to shine. My my I it was actually in my grandfather before it was me. My my grandfather uh, was talking to my parents saying, "Hey, when's he going to be born?" The other my other two three siblings, whenever they were going to be born, he was like, "Yeah, whatever." But he wanted to know when I was going to be born. Why? Because he knew, because he had this gift in him as well, and he knew about it. So he wanted to know when I was going to be. He called them up. And, When's he going to be born? And my dad said, oh, he's going to be born today. You got to come to the hospital. And he got ready to come to the hospital and he had a heart attack and died. And what happened at that point was his soul transferred out of the body of him and went into me. And then now here I am. But yeah, it has to be within a physical body in order to show the way to spirit so they know how to cross over. That is my main gift. That's what I do. I cross spirit over into the light every day. But some of them don't want to go. Some of them don't cross over into the light and they remain here as an earthbound spirit. And they want me to go into that realm as well. Them, I mean, uh, angels uh, to cross spirit over. But uh, yeah, so I, I, that's, I found that out five years ago. I've been doing this ever since. I do, like I said, I do readings for people. I, I, I also do these workshops for people and try to teach them because my, my, my thing here isn't, my role here isn't just to do readings. There are other mediums that are here to do that. My role here is to, to teach people of why we are here, what our purpose is, where, where we are to go next, what we're supposed to be doing in this world and how we can change this world. And they bring me information all the time. Like I said, I see my guides, the archangels. I see them physically around me. And during a day when I'm sitting here, like right now, because I see them right now, if you've ever seen somebody smoking a cigarette and the smoke comes off of the cigarette, little petals, little billows up in petals, that's what I constantly see me around me right here all day long. And it's just these this white little petals going off around me. At nighttime, they are glowing a whitish blue color. And I see them above me and I see their faces. Like I said, that. They don't look like men with wings because they're just not. Uh, they answer me for, uh, sometimes they put just thoughts into my mind. Uh, at this point, they're putting so much into my mind that I'm only, my self, me, who I am, is not here anymore. I'm only like 25% me now. The other 75% is their thoughts coming in all the time. And they touch me for answers. And I get different archangels who touch me for different ways for answers. And they touch me on my face for answers. Uh, I have a Raphael that touches me right here above my right eyebrow. Uh, it feels like uh, it's very thick feeling. It feels like blood going across your face, like it's dripping across your face. So I have a Raphael that touches me here. I have a Manos touches me here. Manos in Greek means God is with us. Uh, they tell me all their names. I have another Raphael that touches me down. It feels like it's dripping down this part of my left ear. I have another one that touches me here on my uh, left temple. His name is Gabriel. You know all these names. I have one that touches me here uh, on my head, forehead right here. His name is Uriel. I have another one that touches me right here. His name is Michael. I have a, another one that touches me uh, right here. His name is Paul. I have another one that touches me right here. It feels like Someone's rubbing my head. I feel my head moving. Uh, her name is Helen. So another one that touches me right down the middle of my forehead. His name is Jesus. Big one. 
I have another one touches me over across here on my forehead. Another big one, he's not the devil, he's just an angel with a bad rap. His name's Lucifer. I have a, uh, a Jacob that touches me here like that. Uh, I have a Daniel that pinches my eyebrow like that. I have a, another one that touches me over here named Nikolai. I have another one over here that touches me right here on my forehead. His name is Ezekiel. That's all yes answers when I get these answers. That's a yes answer. And no matter who gives me the yes answer, the answer is still just yes. Why is it? Because it comes from archangels and they are the right hand of God. So whatever answer I'm getting is a yes from them. It's a yes from God. And if I get a no answer, it's only one answer for no. And it feels like a tear is running down the left side of my eye. And it just goes down like that. And, uh, and that's a no. So, uh, and the best part about that is when I ask questions, anybody I'm doing a reading for, if they start asking me questions that are not truthful questions, then they let me know whether or not the person's telling me a lie. So I, because I, the first thing I ask is when they're asking me a question, I say, is this person telling me the truth? And they will tell me no. And I'll go, okay. And then I, I look at the person, I go, okay, we need to stop the reading. And they say, why? And I say, because you're asking me questions that aren't truthful. You're asking me these questions so you can manipulate the questions so you can get a, a truth that you want and not the real truth. And then look at me and go, how do you know that? I say, because I'm the medium. That's how you can't lie to spirit. And they look at me like, oh, okay, well, all right, let me change it around. But uh, yeah, that's how I get all my information. But a lot of it now is, uh, is ju it just comes into my mind and uh, it happens that quickly. I know you mentioned um, on one side of your head about Lucifer, because I know that there's a lot of uh, people actually worshipping Lucifer around the world, satanic worshipping. Sure. They, yeah. Yeah. They, but they, they, uh, they worship him in the wrong way because Lucifer is not the devil. There is no such place as hell. There is no devil. Uh, they are, they are worshipping an idea that was brought to them by religion, because religion brought us uh, uh, Lucifer and the devil. And the reason they did that is because the only way that you can have control and power over people is by telling them or is by punishing them. And the, and the only way that you can punish people is by telling them that they're going to go some horrible place and there's going to be this horrible guy there with horns and a, and a, and a tail who is going to be the warden of this place who is going to torture you. Well, I cross spirit over every single day. I see into that realm. In that earthbound spirit realm, there's only two places to go. You either cross over into the light or you just remain here. That's it. But in that spirit realm, there's no, there's, I see landscape. I see land, but I don't see any uh, trees or buildings. There's just people there. They're just walking around. So if you wanted to call that hell, uh, sure, because there's nothing to do there. But is anyone being tortured and being and uh, ripped apart and burning? No, they're just walking around. Uh, and they know this, and uh, they just chose not to cross over because uh, there's a chance you might have to come back, and they don't want to. So, uh, but is there a, a someone there who's going to tear them apart and torture them? No. The, again, the people who want to control you, the people who want to tell you how to live your life the way they want you to live it, and give them ten percent because they don't want to work a real job. They want to. They want you to believe in this place so that if you will believe it then you will do what they want you to do and not what you want to do. And with the different people that you've met, what, what has been something that has been shocking for them based on what you were told? 
you know that they um, that they kind of basically went whoa there's no way that you would know this thing here's a one of the shocking ones so great story i was doing readings at a festival and people walk past the table all the time of course because they're not sure what what they want to do or who they want to get a reading from there's usually other readers there and i had this one couple come past me and they kept walking past and looking at and i said are you ready for a reading yet and they're like Ah, oh, we're just kind of looking around. I said, okay. So they came back an hour later and they said, well, we'll get a reading now. I said, okay. So they sat down and it was a husband and wife. And I said, who wants to do the reading? And she's, and the woman said, I'll do that. I said, okay. So uh, I said, let me hold your hand because I want to see who's here with you and I have to connect with you. And she said, okay. So I held her hand, closed my eyes. And when I did, I saw a horse standing next to her. So I said to them, I said, so what's with the horses? And she said, they're looking at me like, what do you mean horses? I said, well, I see this horse next to you. And this horse is brown and white, like a cow would be brown and white, patchy like that. Brown and white. It's kind of a, a mid-sized looking horse. It's not very tall. I said, but what's strange about it is the horse doesn't have a regular horse's mane here. And they said, what do you mean? I said, it's showing me like it has a wig on its head, like a blonde wig on its head, like you would put on a person, a wig. And as soon as I said that, her husband picked up his phone and started brushing through his phone, looking through, he's looking through pictures and he's trying to find something. And I said, so this horse uh, has this wig on. And I said, it keeps showing me that it walks out of a stall, comes about and puts his head on your shoulder, miss and puts his head on there. And when he does, the horse tells me that he says, you're its mommy. And he keeps telling me, this is my mommy. This is my mommy. I love her. She's my mommy. But it keeps showing me walking out of stall, coming around and putting his head on his shoulder. And you're my mommy. And, and, I, and I said, so what's up with that? And she just looks at me with a surprised look. And then finally, the guy stops his phone. He says, is this the horse you're talking about? And I said, yeah, that's it right there. I said, it's brown and white like a cow. I said, and it's got that crazy wig on his head. What's that wig? And he said, that's our horse. We had a, a portrait done of the horse and the artist who painted the picture, he put that wig on there and we couldn't figure out why. And he said, well, this is my depiction of the horse. This is what I'm getting from the horse. And it looks, it looks ridiculous, we thought. I was like, yeah, it does look kind of ridiculous. And he said, yeah, we, we paid $4,000 for that portrait. And I said, wow, that's crazy. And he said, yeah, we don't like it so much. We keep that portrait in our closet. And I was like, oh, wow. I said, well, that's crazy. I said, yeah, but it keeps walking around and coming around and putting its head on your shoulder and says it's your mommy. And I said, okay, so uh, what's with that? And, and she said, every morning I would get up and go out to the horse stalls and I would open that stall and our horse would walk out, come around me and then come up and actually put his head on my shoulder. And I said, that's crazy, that's cool. And she said, yeah, and they looked at me and then they both started tearing up and I said, what? And they both said, our horse died two weeks ago. And I looked at them and I said, yeah, I can't make this shit up. 
And when I looked around, there was a whole crowd of people standing there and no one had a dry eye. They were all crying and, there, and people were just like, and I just looked around and I said, that's what I saw. I can't make this up. And they were like, I can't. And I, they both grabbed me and held on to me like they didn't want to let go of me. Uh, and then from that point on, uh, for the rest of the day, I was book solid. Everybody just started getting, signing up for readings that day. Uh, but that's the type of things that I get from people because that's the types of things that I see. And uh, I get these aha type of moments. It's, and it's usually something they just don't expect uh, or they're hoping for. I had a, a guy, one of my very first reading at my very first festival sat down in front of me and he just, he looked nervous. He looked like he was about to just come out of his own skin. And as soon as he sat down, they alerted me and they touched me and I got a, information that said, he's got, a, he's got a gift. And I said, and I just, but I didn't say anything to him right away. I just said, I went, okay. And I said, so I'm asking them questions and they're telling me, he's got a gift, it's something like yours, but he, and he sees people and all this stuff. And I just looked up at him in his face and he was looking at me and I said, so you have a gift too? And he, and he just, I, another one, he just started crying right in front of me. He's like, I was so hoping that you were going to pick up on this. I, I want to feel like I'm, I, I'm not crazy. I said, no, you're not crazy. I said, you don't just see things, but you hear things, you feel things. You see things all around you all the time. And he was like, oh, my God, he's freaking out. And, uh, and uh, he was just happy that I got it. And he was happy that I got because he, he couldn't figure out. He said, I went to every one of these ones, but I just felt like I had to come to you. I couldn't. I found all these other people to go to, but I don't know. I just didn't connect with them. And I said, well, that's the way it works. I said, you, you're going to find somebody that you connect with, and that's who you're going to sit down with, and that's who's going to give you the information. And But then after that point, I just guided him to where he needed to go and what he needed to do next at that point. But uh, that's the type of things that I get. And uh, and it's the clarity that they're looking for and and hopefully the peace of mind that that, that they get from it but uh, but that's what they and i i i'm as, i'm about 99.99% uh, accurate every single time uh, and again but uh, then I, I have the people who like to come to me who want to try me uh, like they think i need to do an audition for them uh, and i've had people come into my live reading and say, oh, I want to connect with my brother who passed away. And I'll, and the first thing I ask is, is she telling the truth? And I got, no. And I said, is her brother dead? No. So she's trying to trick me? Yes. And then the first thing I said was, well, I can't give you the reading for that. And she said, why not? I said, because you're not actually telling me the truth. Your brother hasn't died. I said, you're just in here trying to trick me so you can make me look like a fool in front of everybody else because you're just one of those people who doesn't believe in anything. And you have to go around because this is your personality and you want to make fools of everybody because you, th you think it gives you a sense of power and blah, blah, blah. And then she started putting in the comment sections, oh, you're a fraud, you're a piece of shit. I said, well, if I'm such a fraud, how come I was able to catch you on a lie and tell you what you're actually doing? And then everybody who was in the room was saying, oh, get out of the room. We don't want you in here. You're... I have them try to do that all the time. And uh, these are just people who are negative people who who don't believe in anything and they feel as though this gives them a sense of power so they can try to make other people feel bad. And it just, uh, just so happens it never works with me. So, uh, so uh, that's one of the good things I have with, with the gift, but uh, 
Yeah, I always have people that, that come to me who get these, uh, get these aha moments. Uh, and it's usually something they weren't expecting, which is the best part about it. But yeah, like we said in the beginning, when they want to just come and talk to their mom and dad, I can get information about your mom and dad, but I don't directly speak with mom and dads and, and other spirits. I talk to my the archangels and they give me the information and that's how I get everything. So uh, that's just the way it works. And when you're doing it online, you're able to, are you able to do it online with people? Or must yes, I can, I can do it online. Uh, I can do it uh, uh, like we do at FaceTime. I prefer to do it in person uh, because I get more from that person. I can see who's actually around them. I can, I, you, you get a better sense of that, uh, especially with their emotions going on. Uh, and usually uh, uh, with somebody online, they want to ask one or two questions and they're trying to, I always try to tell them before we do a reading, make sure you write down four or five questions, but not everybody does that. Uh, and they're trying to think of something on the spot where people who come to me live, they know what they want and they know what they're looking for because they have it set in their mind before they get there. And uh, whenever they come for a reading with me, as long as they set the intention to have the reading, then even though I say I'm not psychic, I will still I will start to get information about them before they even sit down with me. I just don't like to use the word psychic because it's just uh, it sounds like a magician. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I prefer to do it uh, in person, but I can do it live on FaceTime. And like I said, I do the. The ones when I do it live on Facebook, they're just coming in and asking questions in the comment section, and then I answer the questions for them. But uh, I like to do the live thing as well for another reason, because uh, because I see spirit 24-7 everywhere I go. The only time I don't see them is when I'm sleeping, and I have to take a lot of medicine to do that, because if I don't, they wake me up all night, because they just like to, because they don't live in space and time. They don't know what time it is. So, uh, But when I'm since I can see them all the time, I can actually see the soul of the person who's sitting with me. So what I do is I have them turn around and have their back to me and I, I close my eyes and I can see their soul inside of them. And the reason I do that is because I do something called a soul alignment where uh, sometimes our soul gets turns off keel or gets there's a deviation in there or there's it's just off because of we stressing ourselves out. And then when we stress ourselves out, we stress our soul out because our soul being stressed out, it stresses us out, it's a big circle. So what I do is I basically rub my hands together a little bit and then I uh, put my hands on their shoulders and then I fix it and I can actually move it with my energy and uh, with my mind and move their soul back to where it needs to be and then fix all the little deviations and all that stuff. So I guess I call myself a, uh, a soul healer, but I'm just moving it back into the place where it needs to be. Uh, but yeah, I like to do that's what. Uh, I like doing the in-person ones better because it just, you get more from it. I get more from it. I get the uh, clarification from it. They get the clarification and the peace of mind right there. And it's it's just, it's wonderful to see. You, you get such a good feeling when you're able to help somebody. And when you're able to help them right there in front of you, it's the best feeling in the world for me and for them. Listen, Daniel. Really enjoyed our conversation. And I know that some people, you know, this isn't the typical kind of show that I do, but when you experience something like that, 
I know that a lot of people just in my, I've, I've come across a lot of people that have experienced, they realize there is something out there, there's something different and they won't laugh at that. And there's others who haven't yes. and they'll just think this is off the wall. But all I say is just be open to anything because once you experience something, you realize there's something, there is something else out there. Absolutely. You're not going to find out what it is or what it's all about unless you actually experience it for yourself. And uh, there are some people who like to come and watch, who just like to be spectators and watch what's going on. And they get a thrill out of it just by that. But uh, yeah, and then that actually helps me as well, because when they're watching uh, and they see somebody doing this, then that maybe will motivate them to actually come and get a reading as well. But and I'm not doing it uh, to, to, to uh, per se make a lot of money at it because I don't. I, when I do a reading for someone, that's the catch. Uh, I only charge $75, that's the catch. I don't charge $450, uh, reason being because I don't believe that anyone needs uh, six cars and seven houses and 10 boats. I do it because I wanna get them the information that they are looking for, the, the, the clarity, the peace of mind. And when I say I charge $75 for a reading, that's it. So if you come to a reading for me and we're doing it in person, if it lasts for two or three or four hours, I did one a couple of weeks ago, lasted for five and a half hours, they got charged $75. And that's it because it's not important. I, I The money is just helps, helps me a little bit and I, it does take some energy out of me. But the important part is actually getting a message to them and, and letting them know that, what they're experiencing is a real thing and they have to be comfortable because at the end of every reading i always say are we good is everything okay now and then they and they let me know or if they have anything else they want to ask i just let them ask it uh, but i want to make sure that they are comfortable leaving it knowing something and learning something as well excellent daniel thank you very much you might uh, let people know how they can get in contact with you Sure. Uh, if they want to get a hold of me, they can look me up uh, at my website. It's www.spiritmediumdaniel.com. And they can book, in the, book a reading there if they choose. And or if they want to see, I have a podcast as well. Uh, it's called Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. It's at www.beyond-the-veil.com. And we talk about like, spiritual stuff and metaphysical stuff, but we also talk about uh, tarot cards, health and wellness, uh, government and uh, religious control. We, we UFOs, everything, we cover everything so that people uh, can get the truth about everything because there's too many TV shows out there that don't give you the actual truth. They wanna tell you, or they wanna scrape across the top of the truth. And they always do this one thing I love on the TV shows, they say, Oh, at the end of the at the end of the show, we're going to bring you some some real truth, and then they bring it in, and it's something you already knew from 1940. You know, it's just ridiculous. So, uh, but we bring the, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and uh, we don't uh, we're not afraid to bring it as as well. So, but uh, yep, that's how they can find me. Yeah, perfect. And make sure I put all the links on the podcast description awesome. as well as the videos. Thank you very much, Daniel. Awesome. Thank you. So that's all for the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com or on BitChute and YouTube. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, share with your friends. Until next week, take care. This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, 
animation and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to coolabula.com and put in the discount code SPEAKING10.